0: This week we'll be talking about the crazy news coming out of EVO includes a new Tekken, new Multiverse Season 1 announcement, new character revealed for Street Fighter 6, actually new, new characters, because we got, we got a double there, uh, a returning favorite revealed for Guilty Gear Strive, and PlayStation serving the EVO crowd about NFTs. Why? Beyond that, the high school drama continues between Sony and Microsoft over Activism's relationship status. Microsoft begins testing a family plan for a Game Pass in two select countries, delays coming to Hogwarts Legacy and Marvel's Midnight Sun. Then we got Cold of the Lamb impressions and more on Season 6, Episode 31 of Press X to Start Podcast. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Choices, a.k.a. NTD has been deactivated, a.k.a.
1: the Sumeru Scholar. Who else is here? I am Sean M.F. Ross. What the M.F. stand for? Mr. Type O Invincible.
0: Mr. Type O Invincible. Oh, okay. Let me find out. You've been uh, spreading your blood around?
1: Actually, no. Um, Sean and had COVID, but I did not catch it oh because uh, apparently typo people are slightly ever so slightly less susceptible to catching the shit
0: huh huh i'm typo hey typo gang no no like that's actually interesting because Shereen and um london got covid before too and like you didn't you were negative the whole time yeah and i was negative and it's like
1: let me find
2: out okay i'm gonna st- i'm gonna nip all this shit in the bud right now hey everyone <laughs> what these guys are talking about is probably true but consider a medical professional before you start taking the advice of anyone on this show <laughs> yeah.
1: you sound like you're not part of the master race
2: <laughs> Dude, i don't even know what my blood type is no no I, I think i think
0: avery's keeping us out of trouble i appreciate that <laughs> <laughs>
2: Like what Sean was saying with anecdote, but when DJ was starting to feed into it, I'm like, "Oh no, this is is getting out of hand." (laughs)
1: Right? (laughs) As if we have enough people listening to us to feed into our medical bullshit. Hey, hey, this could be the one. You never know. This could be the one. (laughs) Let
0: me go ahead and put a COVID tag on this next podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Last up, who was that? That was uh, wrangling us in.
2: Oh yeah, it's me, Avery. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm here
0: nailed it nailed it all right um now that you know who we are press it start podcast is a weekly show where we talk about the latest gaming news review the biggest games and give you our thoughts on the games we are playing our goal is to expand the video game media landscape through an underserved point of view and normally you know we would jump into the quick hits and we'll give you the quick hits and then we'll follow it with like you know things we've been playing but before we do that we got some housekeeping we actually got a email from one of our favorite listeners, Casey O'Neill. What's up? Uh, he sent a question to Jordan about Yakuza, actually just Yakuza in, 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 in general. Yakuza, you I'm sorry, damn. damn. Gaijin. That's not American as shit, Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, his question was, what's up? This one's for Jordan, because he played the fuck out of Yakuza. Google says none of the Yakuza games are not turn-based. Was that true when you were playing the series? Also, which one was your most favorite? The one you had the most fun. Uh, Jordan, who could not be on this show because he is, in fact, keeping Baltimore um, in check with his numbers and, and stuff, so we appreciate that. Jordan, we appreciate you. Uh, Jordan's response said, prior to Like a Dragon, which is Yakuza 7, which I had not played yet, the Yakuza games are button-mashing beat-'em-ups. Uh, based off of what I've seen, his research, the game mechanics to Like a Dragon can be compared to the Persona series. And he said this is ironic because he literally just finished Yakuza Kawami 2.
1: Did I say that right? Kawami? Kawami? Yes, Kiwami. it's
2: Kawami. Okay.
1: How many has he played? From what it sounds like he's
2: played two, uh, I've played zero, one, two, and three, and I stopped because all the Yakuza games are. Once you've played one Yakuza game, you've played them all. And like, that's not a uh, slight against Yakuza, it's just. A true fact the about formulaic, how formulaic, the, right? The formulaic of a series, yeah. And right. from what I can remember, yes, Like a Dragon is the first time it was turn based, and it was inspired by a, uh, what would I say this? An April Fool's joke. I want to say two or three years before that game came out. Really? They're like, hey guys, April Fool's, our next Yakuza game is going to be a fucking turn based game. And they're like, Yakuza fans are like, nah, man, we don't want this. And they're like, all right, cool. So they made judgment. And they're like, psych, yeah. the next the game is going to be turn-based.
1: <laughs> Yikes.
0: <laughs> so uh, to actually, to answer your question, Sean, uh, Jordan has played three out of the seven. And he, he had a The little, way
1: he'd be uh, going, I thought he done ran through the series a couple times. Well, I mean,
0: they're like really, really big games, though, right? Yes. I may surpass him. Uh oh oh okay we got a little friendly competition going on here i'll be the uh, uh
1: cheerleader i can do that you do that you tall neck horse um i think <laughs> they're gonna start coming on playstation plus premium or extra whatever the hell on the 16th so by the time they hear this it'll be out
3: Yeah. So, yeah
2: i mean if they're asking there's a strong chance that they're asking jordan about this specifically because he's not necessarily the only person... He's the only person who talks about Yakuza on this uh, podcast, but he's not the only yeah. person who has talked about Yakuza on this podcast. The odds are they're asking, Jordan specifically, they're asking about Yakuza and on Xbox, which is, from what I can tell, they are still on Game Pass.
0: Yes. All those words Avery said is true. All right. Uh, well, there you go, Casey. Um, now you'll be able to make a more informed decision. And you other listeners who are not Casey... If you would like to email us a question and have it answered live on, on our cast, as we did just now, live. you could email us live. yes. Yes, actually, you're right. Yes. good thing you put the quotations. Um, yeah, you can email us at uh, press X2. This is T.O, not two, not number two. It's T.O. So press X2 podcast at gmail.com. So do that. You can also, you know, just, you know, like the podcast, you know, like the show. Give us a good review. Do all that good stuff because we need it. We need to know that you're watching and that you're enjoying the show. Because if you're not enjoying the show, stop watching. God damn No, I'm joking. All right. uh, With that being said, now, now I believe we can jump into the quick hits. Ah! Normally, I'd be like, Avery, take it away, but Avery, you want me to take this first one?
2: I mean, I'll read the headline, and you can explain whatever. Okay, so, uh, this is from IGN, this is from Ryan Leston, Multiverse Season 1 release date confirmed. You go, you go from there.
0: Alright, so, Multiverse is, as he said, Season 1 has been confirmed, so, um, they pretty much caused a little tizzy, because, uh, they announced that it was gonna be delayed, like, maybe two weeks ago, yeah. and... You know, everyone was like, "Oh my God, it's going to be delayed. When's it going to come out? Is it ever going to come out? We don't know. Like, do we should, should we just put down the 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 game altogether and pick up Solitaire?" So everyone just didn't know really what to do. Uh, turns out, you know, they just needed a delay for whatever reason, and now we know that Multiverses, uh, the new season will start August fifteenth. So actually tomorrow. So by the time you're listening to this, if you're playing Multiverses, you're already in season one. So congratulations, you did it. Um, the only caveat to this is that. Not everything is going to be released all at once. So uh, everyone was excited because Rick and Morty is going to come to the game, but they're going to be split off. So it's going to be a Rick character and a Morty character. And we know that I'm just reading from the IGN uh, article. Uh, Other big news here is that Morty of the Rick and Morty will finally make his way into the game as a playable character on August 23rd. So I believe the staggering is happening. Happening. So, Rick is going to be a playable character, I believe, on the 15th? Yes. Uh, Other than that, they also wanted to make a quick note that they are... Let me find... Okay. This is a quote from them. For those wondering, we are not affected by the Discovery slash Warner Brothers merger. And a lot of people was kind of scared that the whole Warner Brothers stuff was going to affect them and their studio, but from what they say, it's not going to but you know everyone you know just keep an eye out just in case um i guess pretty much it i mean there there is a bunch of stuff that's going to be happening in the actual season but because you'll be playing it by the time this comes out you know i'll I'll give a more in-depth thing come next podcast
1: no more pointing harping on it
0: right avery what else what happened let us know i'm excited
2: uh, the reason I wasn't doing this story and I let DJ handle it is because, as I've said on this podcast before, there was no power in this verse to get me to play multiverses. And direct result, <laughs> this was a story that I didn't even read before it got put on the podcast, so I had absolutely no context to it. So DJ, uh, I let DJ handle it. But yep. something I did have context for, uh, last week, or at least two weeks ago from the time you listen to this podcast, Evo 2022 happened. Uh, PlayStation took control of the event, and as a direct result, I decided to pay attention to it. This is the first time I ever watched Evo, and I will say this will probably be the last time I watched Evo. Not because Oh god. Not that not that the event was bad or any way, shape, or form, or not enjoyable. I just don't find watching competitive fighting games that interesting, especially for a long period of time. Like you can get me to watch a match of Street Fighter or a match of Guilty Gear. Yeah. But like What me watching three hours straight of uh, compared to Street Fighter, I find not that particularly compelling. But that's just me personal thing. That's not even me criticizing the actual event itself. All reports are that PlayStation taking control of Evo, uh, them and Pokemon made it a more bigger event, a more streamlined event, and a more easier event for everyone involved.
0: Yeah, I I um I jumped in for a little bit and watched, and like I I will agree that they had a better showing this year than the previous years that I've I've watched, but I'm also like Avery. I'd ra- rather
1: watch them put down the sticks and actually throw hands.
0: <laughs> so you rather watch just the fight versus fighting games?
1: Yeah, I don't like watching people play games. I'd rather play the game myself. Uh,
0: <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm 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 also with Avery in that when I normally ingest Evo content, it is usually after the fact, and it's like you know a highlight reel of like, oh, these two fought and they got to like a stalemate and. It was like a a clutch move that this guy did, and that's how they, like, I I usually watch like those kind of things versus just watching it as it happened, Mm -hmm. but this year, I was fortunate enough to um, be knocked out with uh, a cold, so I was just kind of just sitting there and just, you know, watching the content, so it was good, you know, you you got your, I was actually watching it to see what the multiverse's scene was going to be like, and it was, it was very competitive, it was very pro-level, and it's like, okay, this is kind of what I expected, but it was just nice to see, like, what pro-level play of that game looked like.
2: Yeah. So, per conversation me and DJ were having uh, about, I'm not sure how I feel about PlayStation being involved as the leaders of EVO and what that essentially means to the fighting game community. I only watched the main stage, which consisted of four games, which were Street Fighter, Guilty Gear, uh, I wouldn't say Tekken and King of Fighters, those are the four main stage games that pretty much came on a Sunday. Uh, everything else was, if you w- wanted to watch it, you had to be in depth of the fighting game community and know yes. what channels they were being broadcasted from. Because the only Evo only broadcasted Free Fighter, Guilty Gear, Mortal Kombat, Tekken, King of Fighters, Melty Blood, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Girl Girls, and Granblue. Everything else was on separate channels. They were at the convention, there were events there, but they weren't getting main stage promotion. Which leads to a conversation that we indeed we're having with which lies that most fighting games are going to have a PlayStation focus going forward because it's, it's like it's nearly a necessity if you want your game to be showcased there because the amount of PlayStation 4s I just saw on stage was kind of insane. I haven't seen a PlayStation 4 in like three years, and it was just like, oh, everyone's playing on the PS4.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, uh, so. Evo is not the greatest thing for video game news, but it is a great time for video game finding game news and teases and things like that. And so a couple of things were teased and announced at the event, uh, especially for the four main stage games. A lot of smaller games that weren't on the main stage got announcements. A lot of it was, hey, we're putting rollback netcode in there. So if you like playing final games online, I guess good for you. But in terms of just like wider video game announcements, not really that interesting. But some of the announcements that did come out was,
0: then that code thing was for uh, Dragon Ball Z Fighters, by the way. So that, that whole community, like, popped for it.
2: Okay, so the first big thing was SK uh, announced his development of a new Fatal Fury game. Uh, so, and this is specifically, if I can remember my fighting game lore, the Fatal Fury series, which were the Terry Bogard focused games, spun off eventually to the Garou Mark of the Wolves franchise, which then even got one game, and then all those characters got rolled into King of Fighters. Well, in an era where K is now fully in a rebirth of making fighting games, modern fighting games, with the Samurai showdown game that came out a while ago, and now the probably third of the modern uh, King of Fighters games are coming out, they're ready to bring that out to the Fatal Fury franchise, which, as a OG Terry Bogart fan, since from the Fatal Fury movie I watched as a kid, I'm like, cool, <laughs> I'll watch old man Terry Bogart fight people again. <laughs> Terrible. Do you have
1: any
0: experience in Fatal Fury, uh Sean?
1: I feel like maybe. I don't remember. Not not enough to remember. Yeah. I was a Tekken man and Street Fighter Man back in the day. Okay. Mortal Kombat.
0: Yeah, like for me it's so weird because in my childhood, like I played Fatal Fury, I also played SNK, and they always meld together in my brain. So like I mean even
2: carries in both games.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, like, even when you, you were talking about, like, uh, Fatal Fury and stuff, I was just, like, when you said Terry Booger, I was, like, that's an SNK character. Like, SNK, SNK like, King, King of Fighters. <laughs> he's, he's their mascot at this point. Right, yeah, yeah. So, like, for me, it's, like, because, like, even just, like, looking at Fatal Fury, I'm, like, oh, Maya is in Fatal Fury. But then she also made it to King of Fighters, too, right?
2: Yeah, pretty much Terry, Joe, uh, Andy, Mai, I think Rock Howard and Geese Howard, and then yeah. Mary, uh, a fucking, that dude with the bow staff, I forgot his name, all showed up in uh, King of Fighters. King of Fighters also is part of the Art of Fighters franchise as well, so the Art of Fighters characters showed up in, in King yeah. of Fighters. holy it's shit, like, I
0: forgot about that.
2: <laughs> essentially, to explain, Capcom has like 10 fighting game franchises, everyone only knows about Street Fighter at this point, and maybe Darkstalkers. Imagine if you were Capcom and you decide the next Street Fighter game would just have every fighting game franchise you had in it. So you'd have Morgan, uh, uh, the fucking guide from uh, that type of robots and shit. Anyway, super exciting. I'm excited to see more uh, Goro, Mark of the Wolves. I want to see what new characters they bring in, because their, their character game, is the new games, is like a hit or miss between. This is a really cool design is someone needs to be fired. I don't know whose
3: design <laughs>
2: this was. Someone needs to be fired. No, some of them are just insane. Like just, oh, man. My, my favorite, the thing I love about fighting games isn't the actual playing them it's yeah. the, the design and uh, character that goes into those games. Yeah. So I'm always excited to check out when new fighters come out and I'm like, I'm always disappointed in a King of Fighters game where I'm like, somebody's over-designed this.
1: Did you play yeah. Skullgirls?
2: Uh, Yes. Yeah. Well, I didn't play as in, I played maybe a couple hours in that game. I'm like, I like the designs and the animation, but like, I'm not in love with the game.
1: I got you. Now I played it by myself when it first launched I think on PS3.
2: Skullgirls is one of those things where like, it sucks that the development team like imploded around that game because the some of the creators were bad people. But it's, like, yeah. it's one of the most interesting fighting Development games stories. In, yeah, in a long time. Yeah. Okay, so next uh, bit of Evo announcement news is that Bandai Namco came out with a trailer for what appeared to be like, oh, they're remaking Tekken, apparently. Oh, like a remaster of the original Tekken games. Like on the PlayStation Collection and things like that. Cool, 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 cool. And it just flashes from Old footage of Kazuya dropping Heihachi off a cliff to modern Kazuya, which implies that there's going to be another Tekken game, which is cool, if less than interesting than a remake of the old Tekken game, if that makes sense.
0: So I'm on the complete different side where I, I think, yeah, because the rumors were either, you know, it's going to be a remake or it's going to be a new Tekken. And for a lot of times when it comes to fighters and it's, when it just comes to fighters in general, going back is is unless there's like a specific hook to it going back is usually not really the best idea because you lose all of the features that you've grown accustomed to so like when tekken 4 i think included oof i'm i'm pulling back uh they included a specific feature on it so That was the main selling point between Tekken 4 and and Tekken 3 in terms of the the mechanics. And going forward, they had to kind of just add mechanics onto it to make the game more interesting, to make the game feel a bit different from the previous iteration. And like making a remake to a fighting game for me as as a person who like, you know, dabbles in that community, it's like, "Mm, all right, that's fine. But, like, I'm, I'm more excited for this as we see the Kazuya in, I'm going to guess it's going to be Unreal 5. Yeah.
2: Uh, like, like I said, my favorite thing about these games is the characters and the lore and all yeah. that type of ground around it. And, like, Tekken has fallen into the Soul Calibur issue in that Soul Calibur also made my Namco Bandai. Eventually had to reboot itself. Yes. Because it got so far in its timeline and so far deep into it that it was part... Wait, part, did you say a reboot or remake? Reboot. You said Reboot the last Soul Calibur game is a reboot of the franchise.
0: No, 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 no. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm, in terms of what you said you'd be interested in, did you say you'd be interested in a remake or a reboot?
2: No, it, I'm on the, uh, 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 let me finish the thought, because it's on okay. in a similar vein. So when someone announced that, oh, they're going to remaster Tekken, that's a good stopgap until they decide to what they want to do with the franchise. Because, like, from me, catching looking at all the Tekken games and all the characters they've added and things like that, mm-hmm. they've gotten to a point where it's their new... Yeah, they're nearly at Street Fighter levels of there is too much bloat in this game, too many yeah. characters, too many yeah. unnecessary things, and, like, you kind of have to pare down, and going back and doing a remake of Tekken in a modern engine with the modern pared down characters, i um, to explore probably new ideas, a subtle reboot, remaster kind of a situation, seemed like a more interesting idea than, okay, what dumb Mishima thing is going to show up and be the villain of this game now?
0: Right, right. Yeah, like, I, from what all I, I, I said about, like, you know, adding the mechanics and so on and so forth, that's fine. If they reboot Tekken and give you, like, new characters, like, descendants from, like, the Law family or, 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 or Paul Phoenix has a daughter or, or whatever and, like, Jin's old, as old as Heihachi or whatever and Heihachi's finally dead in the ground where he belongs, that motherfucker. Like, that would be cool. I'd be totally down for that because, like, as Avery said, like, there is a lot of characters in Tekken and it's one of the things where I feel like Tekken 7 is in such a good place right now where that can just live as the premier game that you go to evil with, you play, just like how, you know, Smash Ultimate is like the game that you play, you know? Like, yeah. I feel like they can leave that alone and then reboot Tekken and do something different. I, I don't think that's going to happen because they showed Kazuya with, you know, he obviously just looks just more high res. Evil. Yeah. So it's like, I, I would love a reboot from Tekken, but I don't, I don't think that's what we're going to get.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. But yeah. yeah, more Tekken. Uh, and then the sort of like, the big highlight showstoppers for uh, Evo 2022 were Street Fighter V and uh, Guilty Gear Strive. I unfortunately couldn't stay up to watch the Guilty Gear matches because they were way too late. Shout out to Leffendo, TSM, TSM, TSM. Uh, also, shout out to uh, I forgot her name, but she won the Guilty Gear tournament, and like she's a former Overwatch player who's like, and then she yeah. post the game. She's like, Overwatch sucks, so yeah. I moved on to t- I moved on Ooh. to Guilty Gear, and I'm like, I was like, whoa, them hands. Oh, but uh, Street Fighter, I watched all of the Street Fighter f- top eight uh, main stage, and shout out to IDOM for putting uh, fucking Daigo in the dirt <laughs> because that was the oh most I saw of- that <laughs> that was fire. Like oh man, this. Like, the, the narrative was that an American hasn't really won Evo Street Fighter ever. Uh, and mm-hmm. then, like, the tournament was just full of, like, long-standing Japanese dudes who all they do is play Street Fighter and fucking drink protein shakes in the middle of their <laughs> matches. And it was like, oh, oh, it's Daigo! Daigo's 40-something years old. He's top 8 in this game, and he's going to eat this kid's lunch. And then uh, Idom kicks his ass with Laura, uh, and I'm like, oh, damn. This is gonna be insane. And then Idom gets all the way to the finals, flips the bracket, and then ends up losing to another Japanese opponent. He got Mm. number two, which is a shout-out to him. Uh, He went back to New York to live his normal life, even though he is a pro fighting game (laughs) player, and (laughs) signed to XSET Gaming. But, for me, that was cool. Mm. The most exciting thing, however, was they came out, they talked more about the uh, commentary mode, revealed all the people who are going to do commentary for it, which is really cool. The commentary mode, if you don't know, is essentially shout-casting in the middle of a match to like a FIFA, Madden, or wrestling thing. Yeah. But now there's actually fighting game by uh, commentators. But the coolness was when they showed off, we bought a new trailer. And they finally revealed Kimberly, who is a new character uh, to the game. But before I touch on Kimberly, as great as their introduction was, it was immediately upstage by the return of Jury, where Street Fighter got the memo on what people like about this character and just decided to go all out in terms of that. And I'm just like,
1: Yeah, she looks like a beast. You
2: already had my money at Street Fighter 6. <laughs> but now <laughs> i will buy your battle pants now
1: so dj you're gonna buy this and then abandon it too in a week
0: man huh? like huh? boy like i it i don't know man like i'm definitely looking to this i think it's very interesting like the news of a new tekken kind of messes things up for me but like i don't don't know exactly if that's gonna even amount to anything so it or, is kind of when's like, that coming out exactly yeah so like this is definitely exciting it's definitely like Cool to see, and I'm still like loving what Street Fighter is showing. So it still has my attention. Like the the Kimberly thing, where she's like using spray paints, and it's it's so it's crazy colorful. Like I love all of that. Like Jury, I don't know too much about these characters, about the newer characters. So I'm just like, oh, Jury, I I kind of remember her from another previous Street Fighter, like Street oh. Fighter Five.
2: Jury, Jury is a great example of she's DLC for four. And has evolved to be a now staple of the franchise. We're now, mm. if there's a new Street Fighter game and she's not in it in its core base cast, something has to be going on with Capcom oh, right
1: now. Jesus.
2: That's how popular Jury <laughs> is right
3: now. Mm.
1: Uh,
2: South Korea had their
1: first person on the map in the game. <laughs>
2: yeah, she's, a, she's, so good. She, she's, she's the character I play when I play Street Fighter, her and Cami. Uh, oh, okay. So I'm always excited to see Jury in the game. Uh, Kimberly is interesting. And in our chat, I described this about enough in that, like, I think it's slightly problematic that she's a hip-hop ninja, uh, like that's, yeah, I think it's a little problematic. That being said, I watched the trailer, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with this, whatever, <laughs> let's go.
0: They, I'm- you know what? Yeah, I have <laughs> been totally agree with you, Avery. I, like, when they first described it, I was like, son of a bitch like does it really have to do that but then there was so much color i was just like all right you got me you done blinding me with all the spray paint so i guess i'm down for this
2: she seems to be from the lore standpoint and i had to do some street fighter deep dives this because it didn't because like it took me watching the trailer twice to realize oh she's a ninja huh okay yeah. and i'm like oh she's doing the same moves as guy in a second oh and like the lore is that she's uh if you don't know guy is one of the characters from uh final is it final fight yeah
3: yeah, fight, yeah, yeah,
2: who got yeah. rolled into Street Fighter as one of its playable characters in Street Fighter Alpha, and is a, sort of the prototypical ninja of the franchise, and right. she's his disciple and student. So that's okay. why she okay. does the easy to drop. And oh, interesting, she's a really okay, dope character. Cool, yeah, she's a really dope character. She seems cool. Um, yeah. But Jury can just have my lunch money. All right. Yeah, <laughs> just, just, just whatever uh and then they ended they didn't end evo with street fighter they ended it with guilty gear and beyond that being a fantastic game uh shout out to guilty gear strive getting one million units which to the guilty gear teams uh Arc system work has said hey it's their best-selling game that's not based on an ip they've ever done nice. so this is like big for them and big for Arc system work as a company but then before the tournament ended and i was watching this they're like oh we're doing a second season of DLC for the game. Let's go. More new characters. And then they put up, here comes the Daredevil. And I'm like, I wonder what character they're going to bring back. Maybe it's going to be that man. Maybe they're going to put that man in this game. I saw the fucking yo-yo, Like I freaked the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Bridget has been a character who's been missing from Guilty Gear for like five games now. She showed up, I want to say, in Guilty Gear Double XX. Mm-hmm. And she was... One of the game's prototypical moe characters and she's such a meme that she essentially spawned the it's a trap uh bullshit that sort of goes around the video game thing yeah the idea of bridget was that this was not uh, a is. Okay. yeah this is not a girl this is a prepubescent boy who's just dressed like a girl and there's all a bunch of lore to uh express that and everything like that that's not a hero there uh, immediately street fighter uh, uh guilty gear came out and said uh bridget is a girl and not only is she a girl in the game's lore after the fact her entire arcade mode, story mode, is her coming to terms with being a girl.
3: Mm. So it's
2: like, it's in the game. You know how we complain about it? We were talking about 376. Yeah. 376 is gay. It's definitely not with game. No, if you right. play for Bridget's arcade mode, there's entire arc of her coming out as a girl, which is amazing. It's a shout-out. And with the inclusion of Testament, who is a non-binary character, Guilty Gear has sort of risen above the anime bullshit it's based off of and right, become right. probably the most woke game in video games right now woke and i say and i'm using woke in the positive standpoint i know I'm that, yeah. decisions. that being said as great as bridget being included in the franchise went there has been a lot of controversy on not casting a uh, trans actor to do bridget uh, uh with this game which i think but is, that's
1: what acting is
2: which is it really to sean's point sean's absolutely correct but in the uh, grander scheme, the trans community does deserve the opportunity to, if not voice characters, to be able to at least voice trans characters.
1: Right. I hear you. I, I, I just yeah. say that's what acting is because I watch P-Valley. So, I mean.
2: Yeah. I mean, you're, you're uh, not wrong. You're not wrong. Like, uh, there should be no barrier to entry, especially when it comes to animated characters in terms of acting because of the nature of how that shit works, especially in the context of a lot of these games where. You're not really expressing yourself much as the actor to really drive the game forward. So like, there's not much you could bring to this performance to make it real, especially when you're mostly just doing grunts and yeah, and, and impact sounds.
0: But that's true. That's a good point.
2: It's something that needs to be taken a uh, look at going forward in terms of fighting things like that. Uh, to wrap up Evo, there was a really weird thing that happened at the convention for where. Uh, PlayStation specifically sent out emails about what type of NFTs and or digital collectibles you would be interested in, in if you could.
1: I hope everyone said none.
2: You couldn't say none. Son of a bitch. Because it only listed things that are at the event. Uh, I would be more annoyed by this if I thought a PlayStation had already backed up from NFTs at the outset when they were doing the stars program and B, that this was just a sort of a inquiry. yeah. Doing the due diligence to be, hey, will people actually be interested in How this?
1: How do y'all feel about it? Now let's just shove it down your throat. Yeah.
2: They're not shoving it down their throat, they're not interesting, but it's still one of those things where I'm like, why would you do this? Eh.
0: I, the thing is, like, I get that, I understand that, but like, what? There, you don't need to ask. Like People aren't are just going to be like, yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. Like, you know. Like, the people who are saying no to it, are the same people that you're asking sony like the people who want nfts are the companies
1: hey man the board asked them to ask so you know mom said to ask if i could go out swimming you know they, they had to put it out there that they asked i guess i i, mean, I, I, I just don't it's, it's wh- good
2: I, I, i'm on your same thread of like people already complained about this openly and just like why are you still playing in these waters but like then I'm thinking is, I'm of a corporation. I'm going to see what the actual read is because there's a difference between being loud on the internet and being loud in real life.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: like is it the vocal minority or is it the actual majority that doesn't want this? I, I get yeah. that. I get
2: that.
1: And feelings change over time as well. I guess.
2: So yeah, that was pretty much uh, a recap of Evo 2022. The last bit of news I have is tangentially of Revolve, but it's a short story. It's that. Post-Evo, uh, Arc System Works wants to be less passive with IP collaborations. This is a story from IGN, this is from Mitchell Saltzman and Logan Plant, who are both at Evo, and we've talked with Arc System Works representatives who said pretty much that they want to do more with the success of Dragon Ball Z, and now there's a greater success of Guilty Gear and BlazBlue and all the other weird shit they're doing. DNF Duel was also at the event, but it wasn't main stage. Uh, they want to do more collaborations with other IPs uh, and with the Arc Systems Works style.
0: Yeah. What do, you, what do you want to see from them?
2: My thing is, what makes Arc System work is they have a very unique and cool style, and I think a lot of franchises are sort of wasted on, like, in terms of actual, like, game, they can make anything work for the most part if there's a lot of variety right. in it. But in terms of their style, it's wasted on a lot of franchises. Like, a lot of franchises. They've made certain games I'm not going to call out where I'm just like, wow, their style is wasted on a game like this. because They can't be nearly as creative or interesting on this. I don't have many. The only yeah. thing I can think of is that, hey, Capcom, if you're not making another Marvel versus the Capcom, uh, Marvel, go to Arc System and tell them to make a Marvel versus game.
0: Oh, I, see. Yeah. I see. I see. I want a My Hero game from them. Like, an actual good My Hero game from them. Like, I, I know that My Hero's making a game on their own or whatever, but. One's
1: Justice? They've had,
2: they're, they're on their third AAA franchise game. They have two fighter games and they're making a battle royale right now.
1: Yeah. My Hero 1's Justice and 1's Justice 2. Interesting. Well, yes. They weren't in that. Uh... Jesus. What the hell is the name of that mix up anime fighting game?
2: Uh, the, uh, uh, there you oh, go. Jump Force. Oh, Jump Force. Which is one yeah. of the worst games. Like, Mario is in it. Bakugo, All Might. Uh,
1: oh, they added him after the fact?
2: Deku and uh, Todoroki are all in that game.
1: They added them after the fact, then, because I remember at first they did not announce them because they wanted uh, One's yeah. Justice to come out. That that is.
2: I look I look at Jump Force trailers and I'm like, oh man, the, the trailers are so fucking hype. Just look at the Seto Kaiba one and be like, oh man, this is the hypest trailer of all time. Till you look at the characters, I'm like, whose decision was it to make it 3D, Unreal rendered characters, but try and keep it an anime uh... Cell shaded? <laughs> yeah, it looks so Yo! bad. Everyone looks oh like everyone God. looks like they're wearing masks. Ooh, Living masses. It's so bad.
0: Yeah. It, it wasn't it's not good. It's not
2: good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down for a uh my hero game. For sure. All right. Uh well before
0: we jump into talking about Microsoft and Sony, that high school bullshit. Hey there. How are you? If you're watching us or are listening to us and you're enjoying the show so far, well, if you're watching us, do the thing where you hit that like button, hit a subscribe button, and then you hit that notification bell so you can be up on our new videos. If you're listening to us, please just pause the podcast, go to your podcast service, and leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it, and it will do us great things by you just doing this little thing for us. So please just do those things. Once you do that, come back to the video, come back to the podcast, and finish listening to what we're about to talk about. So Avery, what are we about to talk about?
2: This is a continuation of the ongoing uh, monopoly and uh, antitrust that's going on with the Activision Blizzard-Microsoft merger in that the ongoing U.S. version of this event is still sealed, so we, we have no idea how those are going. But apparently in Brazil, it's court documents are, like, freely open for anyone to read and investigate and draw news from. So we're learning a lot about how these two corporations, Microsoft and Sony, feel about the merger. Uh, what the big claim that has come out of it, and this is a story from The Verge from Tom Warren, Microsoft claims Sony pays for blocking rights to keep games off Xbox Game Pass. Now, this is an interesting story in that there's absolutely no elaboration on what they're meaning, so I'm going to take this to be what it means at face value, which is exclusivity rights pretty much prevent games that have exclusivity rights with Sony from being on Game Pass. So I have no idea why Microsoft is complaining about this. The only thing I would see is if Sony is paying games To not show up on the service. Now that is true. Be plain and clear about that. And then B, that is a bad business move on Sony's part.
0: Yeah, it's. I think uh, B, part B of what you're saying is what they're alluding to because you know exclusivity deals are exclusivity deals. Like we know them and place or not PlayStation, Xbox does the same thing when they do their um, their showcases. They say, oh. Xbox console launch exclusive. Oh, world like,
1: exclusive. Yeah. yeah,
0: so I think it is Sony's actually paying um, publishers or, or playing, paying developers like a set fee for, hey, you can't put this game on Game Pass for X number of months or whatever.
1: But I mean, They'll like... Don't mad at Sony, be mad at the developers for taking the money. Well, I mean... Microsoft make a better offer. like... Well, that's... To Sean's point, that is, like, if Sony's
2: doing that, that's an L-take situation, we'll get to the second part of this news. But, like, to Sean's point, if Sony's coming to you with a large amount of money to not put your game on Game Pass and Microsoft isn't, like, matching that or, or countering that, yeah. then, like,
1: it's a business. Yeah, yeah
2: take the Sony yeah. money. Because, like, yeah. essentially that money is going to be better for you in the long run than if that's not either here or there in the semantics. I'm taking this at the A and not the B. Because if this was the B, you put some damning evidence there. Because you just opened up for weird speculation with no proof. Well, a the situation that you can easily weasel your way out of in terms of like lawyer semantic speech
3: yeah, about
2: yeah. like blocking also equals exclusivity rights. This is also something we do, but we're bringing it up on the Sony thing to make it seem anti-competitive. It could be either or, but this is, yeah. a du- this
0: is- I'll be I'll be interested to see if PlayStation actually responds to this or they just kind of leave it alone because. If, if they respond to it as in, like, oh, you mean exclusivity deals? Like, you do the same thing. Then it's just, like, okay, well, you know, Sony's firing back with, like, yeah, no, like, what well, you're talking is bullshit. But if they don't say anything, then I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards that B thing, where it is them paying developers, like, you know, don't put their game. But, like, I also wonder, well, does the same thing happen for Game Pass?
2: I mean, Cold of the Lamb is a perfect example of a game that, like, I'm currently playing on PlayStation. It's on Xbox Game Pass right now for free. It's not on PlayStation Plus.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point.
2: And I'm just going to read the tea leaves. If I was Xbox and I was paying for a game exclusivity for my subscription service, I would not also allow that uh, developer to then go put the same game out on another competing subscription service. Yeah. Which is then the same thing as saying games are being blocked from competing services. It's all weird, dumb semantics. This ain't no
1: difference than streaming TV shows and movies. You know, HBO Max, yeah. Disney Plus, yeah, that's Netflix, true. all that shit. Like what?
2: Well, I guess it. Yeah.
0: I, don't I, I don't, it know, don't. I don't know enough about that market because, like, I would imagine. Like, if Netflix is putting up some of the production fees, then it it, it would make more sense for them to be like, yeah, you can't put this on anyone else. But if, like... I think
2: what Sean's talking about is everything else. Yeah,
0: if the show's already done and it's trying to get to Netflix. Let's say Friends
1: or something. Friends on Netflix
2: and it couldn't be on any other platform until the Peacock stuff happened and they took that back. And now it can't be on. So, like, these are documents that we were never supposed to see and it's supposed to be for complicated Brazilian law stuff, Mm -hmm. so we're never going to get the actual answers we want from this, but this is the conversation that spawned.
1: We need our paralegals back.
2: Yeah, and then the (laughs) second part of the story is from Kotaku, and I'm not going to read the title because it's Kotaku being super snarky because they clearly have a point of view on how this is. But essentially, Microsoft, after the fact, and this is from John Walker, has said that if Sony really wants to compete with Game Pass, put all your games out day one on your platform and don't do anything else, and then you'll be quote-unquote competing with us. Which is a, on paper, the quote-unquote correct business model if you're operating under the same, uh,
0: model basically business model if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, but they're not though.
2: No. Yeah, they're not. And Microsoft, why don't you put your own games out on Game Pass right now? Like,
0: yeah, it. This back and forth is just like, it's. Oh my god, like. Can you guys just focus on making your games Catty. come out sooner <laughs> versus this? But, you know, they're they're both sides are trying to frame themselves to make it look like the other side's uh, situation or deal is a bad thing. You know, so like.
2: Well, yeah, the context is that last week it was Microsoft being asked about the Activation Blizzard deal. What does it mean? And them saying it means absolutely nothing. Won't change the game landscape at all. Nothing we're picking up for seventy billion dollars means anything in the greater landscape. And Sony mm-hmm. then saying Call of is a big deal. Here's why it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it is this week now been like I don't know why someone's talking bullshit. <laughs> Look at all the things they're doing. And you know what? This is how you can make your thing better. And like it is a lot of dumb schoolyard bullshit between two major corporations who are operating under two separate things. I'm of the mindset, I've always been under the mindset that at, uh, mergers of this size and this frequency, especially after the Bethesda thing into this Activision Blizzard thing are not good, and there's no way Microsoft can really frame that as like a this is good for the e- like video game Eagles ecosystem. Is, yeah. It's yeah. good for Xbox Game Pass and people who subscribe for it, but yeah. for yeah. not just everyone else, not just consumers, but for the greater or not Xbox players, but for the greater way games are built, I don't think all of this is good and there's no way you can convince me to otherwise. So, I'm of the mindset that this deal falling through would probably be the best thing that could happen to gaming. Would probably be the worst thing to happen to Activision Blizzard because they'd still be under that previous control, but like, I I guess just let the world burn at this point.
0: (laughs) It's so complicated because you're absolutely right. Like, I would imagine uh, Activision under Microsoft would probably be great for Activision if I'm saying this if Microsoft, like, just scorched earth with, like, all the the higher ups that's running Activision. And then they kind of put their own people in and kind of set it up to work kind of the same way that that Phil Spencer is working in terms of how, like, vocal he is about the games being good and, like, pushing that stuff forward. But, like, yeah, if it's under Microsoft, then it is a thing of, okay, well, you know, you're saying that you're going to keep Call of Duty uh multi but like how long are you going to do that for and then once that flip happens then like what happens to the rest of the ecosystem
2: that flip will happen the minute xbox outsells playstation and they no longer need the playstation ecosystem to depend on it yeah so that's true call of duty on playstation depends on playstation still being the market leader which mm-hmm. yeah. all of xbox's current activity is to flip that and switch things up and so that's that's not a or there
0: that's a good point that's a good point
2: yeah uh yeah. I'm interested to see where everything's going forward after this because I, I think the deal is done and dusted. It's just taking time because of regulatory stuff. Yeah. But most of this insight into how these companies view themselves is interesting to me in terms of how they're framing their business decisions going forward. So uh, everyone look forward to Activision Games on Xbox and Xbox Game Pass if that's your thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, our last story is just a sad day for Avery Williams right now. If you've been following me and you've been following us talking about our fantasy drafts, there was a strong chance I could have won this year and or gotten at least second place. But in the span of a week, uh, two of my big AAA games got delayed. These are stories from IGN. Uh, well, one story is from Forbes. is from Paul Tassie. The other story is from IGN, which is from uh rebecca valentine hogwarts legacy and marvel's midnight suns have both been delayed into 2023 hogwarts legacy they don't have a date and uh marvel's midnight suns has been delayed till i want to say february Oof. which is once again made february the month of death for video games which i always hate to see but it's going to happen
0: uh, *Force Spoken comes out in january right
2: yeah
1: Jan- okay they push it back again? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Every I game mean,
2: I every game I prepped at the beginning of the year, I called my shot and be like, this is a game I think is going to do well. All got the way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm super interested in Hardware Legacy. I was watching Midnight Suns. They've actually been doing a pretty good content stream. They've been posting... I think the last thing they posted was, like, a, a, a Wolverine thing. Like, oh, that was cool. So, yeah, you know... I, it sucks that they have to delay the game, but you know if this is gonna make the overall product better, then sure, go for it.
2: I'm disappointed. I, I'm with you. A delayed game will always be better than the game that's not delayed and put out. Look at you, yeah. Cyberpunk. But I'm just saying that <laughs> these two games were the end of my year. Yeah, yeah. Like this is what I had planned to play for the end of the year. Like yeah. pretty much now, all I have is maybe Saints Row, God of War, which I'm excited for, eh? and what. That's about it. That sucks.
1: Pokemon? No, you said you didn't want Pokemon.
0: Well, are you gonna play uh Callistal Protocol?
2: That's at the very end of the year, so I did not yeah. really count it as like. Uh, okay, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah,
0: yeah, because yeah, yeah, for November, like it is God of War, Pokemon, uh, Goat Simulator three, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it it, it sucks though. It sucks. Like you know, I I just hope that when these games come out. They are released in a state that is like, oh, this is good, and it's not like, you guys need to delay this one more time. Like, come on now, Splatoon. Even... Oh yeah, Splatoon. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Shout out to Splatoon. They had their uh, live stream and they had talked about their new content and stuff. And it was pretty cool. Like it, we were gonna, we were gonna talk about it, but it was just, it was a lot of content. And, you know, not enough time.
1: Overwatch two still coming out. A Plague Tale, Avery. Mario yeah. and rabbits. You still got stuff to play me and.
2: But but here's the thing. Those are the two games I was the most excited for.
1: Yeah, right. right, Yeah. Those are on top of his list. All right. Bust another three. Um, All right.
0: Oh, and then also, uh, shout out to Microsoft for doing their family plan for, for Game Pass. Uh, They're testing it now in in two countries, Ireland and Colombia, and it looks like it's going to be like 25 U.S. It's like 21 euro over there.
1: Jordan, just tell us where to send our contributions
3: (laughs) so you can put us on your family. I was thinking about it. You know what I mean? I was
0: thinking about it. All right. Um, I'm good. (laughs) Hey there. Have you been enjoying this episode? You have? Great. Well, if you're listening to the podcast, then do us a favor and leave us a review on the podcast platform you're using. If you're watching this, then like the video, subscribe to our channel, and hit the bell so you won't miss out on any of our future videos. Check out pressx2start.com to find information about us, the podcast, links to all of our social media channels, and to join our Discord. Thanks so much. We appreciate your support. Now back to the podcast. And we are back. Now it is time for us to talk about the games we have been playing. Avery, what have you
2: been playing? Uh, so hey everyone, I have been actually playing video games this week. Uh, hey. once again, I'm—it's rare. I know I, I gotta be better about this, <laughs> but I just need—I just need more games to come out that I'm actually interested in, that aren't just small indie games. Okay, so, like okay, there. So I played a lot of Guilty Gear. This week, post Evo, uh, that was to uh, one get back into that game because I hadn't touched it since I watched the story mode ages ago. Mm. But a b- bunch of brand new characters into the game, cool new characters to t- try out, like Testament. I wanted to see how Bridget felt since I haven't played her since. Yeah, Double X, mm. uh, and yes, he's pretty much a it, like it's it's Bridget. If you were annoyed <laughs> by her in the original <laughs> Guilty Gear, you're gonna be annoyed by her now. So <laughs> that's fun. I also really love her design in that they got rid of the whole she looks like a nun and now she just wears a hood that yeah. has a nun habit uh, effect to it, which really gets w- away from that part of her lore, which I think is fascinating. Uh, but yeah, only a little bit of Guilty Gear. I played a lot of Apex Season 14 because it's a new season of Apex Legends and I'm always down to play a new season of Apex Legends. Uh, the uh, number one thing is that uh, they introduced a new legend, Vantage who is a recon legend who I thought when she was leaked would have a Kraber as her ultimate. That's mm-hmm. not there. She's a bit more balanced. She's actually not that busted in comparison to a lot of characters. She's kind of mid, but her, uh, her main ability is that if she looks down the site of any scope, if she looks at the targets, she can tell what armor the target's wearing and how many members are on their team currently, which essentially is really good information for an early mid game Especially if you play aggressive. Because then you look at this target, they've got all whites, I we're just gonna full send them on the Vantage shoots from the backline. We should be able to wipe that fight if we've got triple purples or some bullshit. Uh, her primary ability is the ability to direct her bat echo to anywhere in the map and then reposition to that, which I think. I it, think is, it has yeah.
1: a distance limit.
2: It has a distance. I think about 75 meters or so. It's yeah. a really good ability in terms of like solo play, and I think that's where she really excels as legend in that like. Her team utility isn't that strong, especially at a high level, but, like, her solo fragging ability, if you're a crap shot, is really good. And then her ultimate ability is that she can pull out a sniper rifle that pre- it's pretty much, she can pull off Sentinel, essentially, and it does, like, basic damage on the first shot, but if she hits you once, the next shot and the shots of all your uh, allies are going to do greater damage. So she's, like, this amazing support backline player, but she's, like, yeah. But you have to be able to hit your shots.
1: I think the first shot is like fifty-ish to the yeah, body, the, and, yeah, then and then like, the, next the next is shot. double.
2: Yeah, so it's about hundred. So like she's really, she's a really good fragger in the right hands, but she's not like, she's not replacing any of the other recon legends.
1: If you're getting hit three times by somebody sniping, you deserve to die anyway. So I mean, it is what it is.
2: Yeah, she has the only comps I can think of, and shout out to Al Brilelli for theory crafting this that. Work with Advantage is you play Loba and you play Newcastle and it's a team that you don't necessarily need rotational mobility because every one of those characters has at least a 75 meter escape on their kit mm. in some form. So there is a level of mobility and then Loba finds you with resources while Newcastle provides defensive utility. Uh, but that's about it. I think she's a pretty mid character. They brought back Kings Canyon, which I don't know why they keep doing. Like yeah, you brought people love it. It's a bad map. <laughs> <laughs> like, no people like of,
1: toxic relationships Avery.
2: Uh, it's, it's so I, I'm. the reason Sean never not feed me online is that like I'm only playing pubs because like I'm not going to play ranked on King's Canyon
1: come on
2: so like I only play if like uh, Olympus or uh, Stormpoint is online because I'm not fucking playing King's Canyon I'm, it sucks uh, and that's about it in terms of Apex I'm having fun, I continue to have fun with that game Uh, and then what people actually want to hear me talk about is Cult of the Lamb, but I think you guys should probably, uh, talk about what you guys have been playing before I talk about that.
1: (sighs) Um, I downloaded Outer Wilds. I do not like it. You know what's funny? I think,
0: huh? I did the exact same thing. I literally did the exact same thing. I was like, I'm gonna play this and I have not touched it. (laughs) Like...
1: I think we should wait for the PS5 update to come with better frame rates because I feel like,
0: oh, there's, oh, okay.
1: damn I don't know if the turn, I don't know if it's the turning speed or the frame rate or whatever, but it's damn near nauseating. Really? At least for me. And it, it feels choppy as shit. And it's, this wow. doesn't look like a very graphically intensive game. I don't know why it runs like this. Terrible optimization. I was curious just because of all the hype and stuff surrounding it if you want to call it that yeah where they just like you can't tell people about it they got experiences on like, all right, let me, let me check out what the hell it's yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah
1: I, I don't like the way it kind of controls and um this feels like a game that should be played on pc just interesting, like interesting i did this one little portion where you're doing your you're testing your zero g spacesuit where you kind of what the hell i want to call it you know you can go in all directions x y and z axis and you're in this dark tunnel, and it's just, it doesn't feel fun. And I'm just like, I, I may continue to try it, but it it, it has not captured me. Um, I also downloaded My Friend Pedro, and I feel like I'm glad I did not spend money on this. It looked <laughs> cool at first. It does not run as fast as I thought it would. I don't know. I don't. No. It's okay. I. It's whelming.
0: I, I, I think I either watched a gameplay trailer or a gameplay overview of it or i played a demo or something and i Mm. the way that you shoot it's like you move the the
1: i mean it's a twin stick shooter that's fine (laughs)
0: yeah 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 yeah
1: and you use your right trigger to shoot
0: there was something about that that like set me off and i was i was vehemently against that game just because is it
1: because it's not a top down twin stick shooter? no i I actually uh, i actually
0: i'd actually prefer like side scrolls over, over top down but it was just how it controlled i was like why the fuck would you do that (laughs) i don't know why i was so angry but like it just it just pushed me off that game so i never actually gave it a shot but it's nice to know that you gave it a shot i appreciate that
1: yeah i don't i may i may hate play it (laughs) and finish it i don't know maybe i Uh, have nothing else to do
3: okay okay but
1: we got yakuza coming out so i'll play that instead yeah um so for me i am
0: doing a lot of things at the same time yeah so for me Last week, I was going to give my uh, Gundam uh, GBO2 Unicorn impressions, and I can sum up by this one quick sentence. I don't know how the hell to use a goddamn suit. Like, there's a bunch of people using it, and they are great at it, but for me, I cannot rock with that suit. So I'm kind of just, it's there, it's in my inventory. I pull it out every now and then, you know, just to show you that I got the NTD going on, but like, it's been deactivated for a long time, guys. So hence my AKA by saying NTD has been deactivated. That's unfortunate. Terrible. Yeah. Other than that, um, I have been, so I had to make a choice between spending time in Genshin versus spending time in multiverses because I really want to spend time in multiverses, but Genshin, the Sumeru um, update is coming out in like two weeks. No, no, no. Next week. By the time you hear this, it'll be next week. So I have to pretty much wrap up the story stuff in that so I'll be all caught up for the new update so i unfortunately have not been able to play multiverses also i've been sick if you if you miss that part so i just didn't have time to to spend in multiverses and i will say i am definitely missing that game so it is definitely have a it has a spot in my heart so you know once i have time i'll jump into that game but i don't know how much time i'll have because i'll also have to play the game that avery's playing so avery you've been playing Been playing a game?
2: Yeah, I've been playing Cult of the Land* for the last three days. I got the game, I started playing Thursday night, and I am, according to my in-game clock, somewhere around 10 hours into the game, and as far as I can tell in terms of uh, actual completion, I am three dungeons down with one more to go and at least two more bosses, and I've done pretty much 80% of the uh, cult stuff in the game. Mm. So I'm pretty much at the end game. Like, if I really had, like, two hours after this to play, I can just beat it now yeah. uh, if I wanted to move on. I think the Platinum might want to go fuck itself because, like, I'm <laughs> not... There are four trophies specifically for fighting the bosses without getting hit. Oh, like, that's never we'll fun. Get to one of my complaints about this game is that, like, I don't like its combat. Oh. And when I, when I, when I say I don't like its combat, I think the combat is serviceable. Okay. It's a top-down isometric thing, but I think... Okay, let me let me just back up before I start talking about shit I hate. "Holes uh, in the <laughs> Lamb." You play as a lamb who is sacrificed by a religious organization uh, to their gods and is resurrected by some sort of evil demonic being who is, black for a better term, Satan, who Trump. gifts you with the ability. <laughs> no, because Satan had some good points. Man, he's the cursed object, and uh, we don't deserve anything. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so the this being resurrects you and uh attacks you with building a cult to its name and the game is one part uh roguelike dungeon crawler and one part uh Animal Crossing. Uh, the game's art style is fantastic. I normally don't like a lot of I
1: baby boo boo games. <laughs> Jesus <Christ. laughs> I'm just <laughs> quoting from a wise scholar, Cameron Williams. Are y'all related?
2: <laughs> no. I normally don't like these sort of like indie, darling, like we're our selling point is our art style type of games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, Cold of the Lambs art style is so inspired. It helps mitigate what is a dark and creepy game. Like, this is a game where you can literally sacrifice people and to your dark god and like they'll explode into guts and viscera and things like that but the art style is so adorable <laughs> and so clean that like it, it just seems so fun to do like
1: ah let me go sacrifice some more basically
2: i mean yeah like <laughs> but, like one of this game's biggest flaws that i can think of is that both the animal crossing and the dungeon crawling work hand in hand but like both of them have like a finger off if that makes sense Mm. Where it's like it's not a firm handshake. Like yeah. there's a little thing where like you fundamentally don't really need to do any of the Animal Crossing stuff, especially after like maybe the first third of the way through the game, because yeah. you can easily muscle your way through the rest of the game without touching it at all, mm. and it's just it's kind of superfory. You can't beat the game without doing it with dungeon crawling stuff. So like the Animal Crossing stuff does feel sort of like superfluous at the end of the day. Gotcha. But if you do both, they work hand in hand, and the Animal Crossing stuff can make your character stronger to make the dungeon crawling easier. Mm -hmm. And you can get things from the dungeon crawling stuff to make the Animal Crossing stuff move faster. And so they work in that way. But you get to a point, especially where I'm at, where there's not enough depth in the Animal Crossing stuff to really make that super interesting and fun to me. And there's not enough depth in the grogu-like dungeon crawling to really make it super interesting. There are all these weapon types, but there are only three to four types of weapons. You can use claws, an axe, a sword and a dagger, and that's about it. So like four sort of attack animations. And like I'll tell you that all of these weapons suck. <laughs> like none of them are fun to play. <laughs> the sword is the only one I like using, but there's a like one out four chance I will get that during a run. And so like, the axe is way too slow. The dagger has little no reach and it has to make up for the fact it doesn't do enough damage by just being super fast. So you just start standing there, stabbing a person really quickly. Right. And then the claws I just don't really have fun playing with them uh i i like this game a lot it's probably going to be on my top 10 list at the end of the day but this is a game that when it, like hit me so hard in the beginning i've been like oh man this is a top five game mm-hmm. like this might be the top three and then as i played more and more it got to of diminishing returns on the game in terms of like my enjoyment yeah has not hit the this is a chore to play i'm bored with it situation but it has been those things where i'm like why am I doing the Animal Crossing stuff at this point right now? Yeah, right, Like, I'm getting right. nothing from this. Yeah. Like, all your Animal Crossing people are so disposable that, like, there's no reason to really care about right, them. Right, yeah. Like, they're yeah. either going to die of old age, which is such a weird thing that happens, or I'm <laughs> going to sacrifice them to get, like, an extra life during a mission, or, like, to get extra resources. <laughs> uh, like, in the beginning of the game, I named all my people.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: and But that changed after, like, the first four, because, like, you get them at such a clip, and then you can lose them at such a clip, that it just comes unnecessary like there's not like this i'm doing a bad job sort of explaining this but like there's a lot of optimization that needs to be done with the animal crossing stuff that like makes it really hard to really like interact with it in a mm-hmm. really meaningful way that isn't just me standing around doing all the work myself and waiting for those characters to react to me instead of me interacting with those characters
0: hmm. interesting
2: yeah i named all my characters in the beginning after people i don't like so that when they die i can feel good about <laughs> sacrificing them so if you're one of my enemies or someone I just happen to just not like in life, there's a grave of your name in my game and you're going to have to deal with it.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, so um, uh, you played this on Switch or PlayStation?
2: PlayStation. I, as we've discussed on this podcast, I haven't touched my Switch in years. I don't do handheld. So why would I play this game on a handheld? And I will tell you, it does not run well on console.
0: It doesn't run well on console? No, it does not. Holy Dermot. crap. Like, oh, when, no. When the day,
2: the day and night cycle in the game switches, it freezes on that day, uh, on the intersectional screen between day and night. I've had multiple times where I've had to abandon runs because the game just wouldn't let me progress or it got froze on a black screen that didn't let me progress. Yikes. Uh, I, I, I think, I, I can't tell if it's bad optimization or the game's art style of fucking it, But there's no smooth transition between like in dungeons. There's a relatively smooth enough transition, but like in the overworld, there's no smooth transitions between anything, and that's kind of troublesome. Like especially on the PlayStation 5 with the SSD, I don't think there should be any hiccup of a game this small in terms of going from scene to scene. So it really feels like an optimization issue. Yikes!
0: Because like I, I was like I'm I'm gonna play this game, but I was hesitant about either getting it on the switch or the playstation because i was like ah switch would be good for handheld because i would probably i i like playing like these kind of games handheld versus playing it on, on a big tv but to know why? that it's still huh why I, I, The the controls just feel like i'm i'm more I don't know. I, I, that's a good question. I, I don't really have a, a solid answer other than the fact that it's just it, it. I yearn to play this on handheld for some strange reason in my belly. Gotcha.
3: It, it's yeah. a
2: type of indie game that really has a handheld aesthetic. A
0: yeah, hospital.
3: yeah.
2: And because of the way the nature of it as an Animal Crossing light and the grinding nature of it, I can see the argument of this feels like it should be a handheld type of game.
0: Yeah, and and Trina and I played uh, Swords of Ditto together on on the Switch, so it was very much akin to like the same like. Top down, like, you know, hack and slash kind of thing. But, um, yeah, that's so troubling to know that it's still, like, it, it's not optimized for a console. Like, that's so
2: like, uh, strange. I want to say, if you look in our uh, our chat, there's at one point I said more like Cult of the Game Breaking bug. Yeah, I that saw. Was because it. I literally hit that, I had beaten the second run of the level to, so like, a 10, 15 minute run. Because the level, runs are actually not that long. Okay. Like, an actual run of a dungeon is, like, maybe 10 minutes. An actual, like, oh. run of the entire levels, maybe about 30. So I done a mind. run and beat the boss, and the game just wouldn't let me progress to the next door. And there's no real... It, it only faves in the overworld. There's a save in the dungeon. So, like, I had to just quit out and just redo the entire dungeon that progresses all over again. Yikes. But, like, it was one of those things where it was, like, the run was so short that I'm, like, I'm not angry. Yeah. I didn't really lose yeah. much. It was like, oh, I lost 10 minutes. So I just... Uh, moved on to something else and came back and didn't feel like I lost anything. Right. Uh, one thing I really like about this game that I not mention because I've been so down on it right now is that like it has so many cool systems mm-hmm. that encourage you to play the Animal Crossing portion to unlock them in terms of something I unlocked recently and this gets to the point where how disposable all your cast is is that like you can sacrifice your uh, followers and turn them into weapons that will follow you on runs so yeah. if you're doing, like, those deep, deep dungeon runs where you need a boss, you can sacrifice someone who will attack an enemy who's in your orbit or mm. shoot a, a projectile or collect items and things like that. So, like, it gives you, it gives you another level. That's really uh, cool. Right now, what you're looking at on our screen is the tarot card section where, like, sort of like in Hades where you can get, like, perks via every god. This puts all the perks on tarot cards that you randomly pick up in the level.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, you either get them randomly for a chest, and they're very rare or you'll go to a designated room where there's a tarot card seller, uh, and they'll give you a choice between two tarot cards. And then if you have extra gold, which is the only only currency that really matters in this game, is gold, uh, you can buy an extra perk so you can come out of this with uh, two instead of one. Yeah. I really like the tarot cards because I like a good roguelike when you put enough of them together in the right uh things, you can sort of just steamroll over enemies. Right, like, yeah.
3: If yeah.
2: I have the perk that makes every time an enemy touches me and does damage, all enemies take damage, combine that with a perk that makes all my damage deal uh poison damage, Ooh. and, like, a perk that makes all my attacks stronger during the day, the amount of the damage can, like, compound, yeah. and, like, certain enemies I fought once were hard, but then I came back and, like, was able to melt them in a second that's always fun. I like, that's what makes the, the dungeon crawling fun for me. It's not the actual playing of it because like uh, I said, I did mention is isometric games and me aren't, aren't, necessarily always fans. And like the, because of the art style of this game and the controls, I don't really find the combat very precise. And, uh, and there's a lot of situations where I'm like, I don't know where I am versus where the enemy is and the readability combat kind of sucks. But like, if I can just melt people with a point of a button that makes it more interesting and more fun if I, like, I walk into a room. Like, my favorite perk is that there's a perk that fills up your, uh, your special power instantly every time you walk into a room.
3: Yeah.
2: So like, I don't have to be conservative. I can just go in and spam a broken move over and over and over yeah. again, and if it doesn't kill the enemy, all my other perks will just allow me to walk over who's that. <laughs> That's pretty cool, though. Yeah, like I said, like I, I sounds like I'm really down on it, and I have like, a lot of problems with it as a game, but I'm having a lot of fun with it, and I'm really enjoying the experience. Like, despite all my shit-talking, it is one of my top ten games of the year. Okay. And this isn't me because, like, oh, I've only played ten games of the year. It's like, no, I genuinely think this is one of the best games i played this year. Right. It's just, a, it's just a game that's really being saved by its aesthetic and, like, its designs and less of its actual, like, gameplay. Gameplay, that makes yeah. sense. Okay. And not that the gameplay is bad, it's just that I've played better Rogues and i played better Sims. But it combined the two of them to be serviceable enough. Service enough. Wow, serviceable enough. Like if you separate them, the rogue part would be a seven, the thin part would be a seven. But if you combine them, they're like a solid eight, eight point five. Okay,
1: that's actually
0: not bad. That's not bad at all.
2: Hmm. All right. Uh, well, I think
0: that is it for the games we have been playing. Well, thank you for watching or in slash listening to our podcast. This has been. The Press X to Start podcast. We hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as we enjoyed making this podcast. In case you missed all the details, you can find all that and more on a website at pressxnumber 2 startcom Again, if you want to ask us any kind of cool question about gaming or life, you know, just to email us at pressx2, that is T-O, not number two, podcast at gmail.com. Um, again... Make sure if you haven't already, you hit that like button, you subscribe to our content, you hit the notification bell. If you are listening to this, make sure you pause the thing, you go to your podcast service, you leave a review on our podcast channel page, I don't, whatever you want to call it. Just do that thing, what you do right there with the five stars. Give us the five stars. I don't think I mentioned before that, you, that the review should be five stars. The review should be five stars. If you're giving us anything lower than that, we will see it. We will find you and we'll 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 laugh at you or something. I don't know. I haven't really thought that part through. Um Yeah. Uh with that being said, you know, just you, be safe, play some games, wash your hands, and have a great day slash night slash evening slash the rest of your life.
1: If you don't give us a five, we're taking four skins. Peace out.
2: I did not know Sean had converted to Judaism. <laughs> he was A practicing rabbi. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say
0: something, but I thought, no, it's more powerful if I just leave it at that. (laughs)